Hey guys, it's Max Miller, Zach Zary, and Oakley Rose. Welcome to a well-placed cuss. Hello everyone and welcome back to a well-placed cuss. We got myself, Max Miller, along to my left. We got Mr. Zach Zary. Zach's coming off a grueling week of uh, training camp, trying to get ready for the season. He just had a preseason game uh, a few days ago coming off a coming off a fat dub Zach how you feeling after that how was the preseason game uh what's going through your mind yeah it was good I mean it was my first contact in probably almost a year at this point yeah especially especially with your injuries right yeah so it was good to be back on the field playing with the guys um yeah got that w it was it was it was a wild experience uh they we were winning, and then they scored a touchdown, went for two. They tried to throw it to my guy, and it was just a bad ball. So it was a good game, good to be out there, good atmosphere. I mean, we have the best fans in Canada, and uh, can't wait for homecoming weekend against UBC. Under the lights, that'll be electric. Um, yeah, I mean, we're heading into week one against Calgary, a bit of a redemption from last year's week one against them, but... Uh, the boys are feeling good, looking good, and uh, ready to defend our Hardy Cup. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I was telling Max before this. Um, it's something about exhibition games, I guess. Like, I just get sick instantly after them. It happened last year, and I thought I had COVID. So, but then this year, I'm all stuffed up. So, if I sound really raspy or stuffed up, that's why. But if it happens again next year, like, something, like, I got to figure something out. Like, something's fucked up with these exhibition games with me. It's like a it's like a pre exhibition game ritual for you now to just think you have COVID or to get fucking sick. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, you know, this is this this episode's probably gonna wrap up season four. I mean, what an electric season. Um huge for the organization. Huge, as I would like to say, huge for the organization. Um I mean, it was kind of a, a funky season and like just like schedules like we're all messed up i mean oakley's working trying to do music i was working had to uh do football camp max has his life going on too so it was all messed up and then so but it was good i mean we had a whole bunch of big interviews you guys seem to really enjoy it and uh yeah i mean we're wrapping it up again today with a, another great episode, another great interview, and uh, yeah, onwards and upwards again. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're excited. We got um, we got Mr. Harvey Williams coming on for this episode. He's a he's a former NFL running back, uh, almost a Pro Bowler. He had an eleven hundred yard rushing season. I I want to say in in ninety five, maybe ninety six with the with the Raiders. Um, you know he was one of the he was one of the country's best running backs coming out of high school. Uh, after an insane recruitment battle between Texas A&M and LSU, he went to LSU, played five years there, um, then went to the Chiefs, went to the Raiders. So you got a guy with seven, eight years of NFL experience. Former first round pick. That's too. right, twenty first overall in the nineteen ninety one NFL draft. Where. We're su- we're super stoked to get him on. He's our first uh, NFL first uh, first round pick. Um, he was he was he was a big fucking deal in 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 his day. Like he was an absolute monster. He was uh, he went to Hempstead, Texas uh, high school, and uh, he was one of the he was one of the nation's best running backs. Um, 
So and it, you know how sorry to interrupt you. No, you yeah. know how they get down in Texas, especially with high school football. So this man, oh, like, God. especially in like the the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, when that's going on. So <laughs> yeah, like, no kidding. And then he he's a Texas boy, and then ended up going to LSU. So you know, it, the recruitment must have been a little bit interesting for Harvey there. Some people say now, like a lot of people disclaim this truth, but a lot of people say that Harvey's decision to go to LSU is what sparked um, and renewed that rivalry between Texas A&M and LSU. I don't know if that's true because that might, that might be hard for one player to do, but he was the most sought-after talent in the nation. And when he went to LSU, that really that, – that, that gave Texas a, uh, te- Texas A&M a bit, a bit of a shitstorm. So, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, he's got some history behind him, that's for sure. And uh, we're, super, we're super stoked to have him on. Uh, he seems like a, an absolute great guy. We actually we haven't interviewed him yet. Uh, at this point, we're interviewing him uh, in about an hour. So, so yeah, we're we're super stoked to have to have Harvey on. He seems like a great guy. So, uh, so please enjoy Mr. Harvey Williams. All right, everyone. Welcome back to a well placed cuss. Today we got a very special interview. We have a former thousand yard rusher, first round pick, and LSU alum, Mr. Harvey Williams. Harvey, how you doing today? Thanks so much for hopping on. I appreciate it, Max. How you doing, my man? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Happy, excited to get you on. Uh, so, uh, so first off, I just wanted to talk about uh, how you got into football at a young age. Maybe just some core memories, and you know, like what what made you want to pursue football at a higher level when 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 you were younger. Uh, just growing up, man, and, and watching it all the time. Uh, you know, my dad was like six eight, six nine, and uh, he used to talk about, you know, uh, how good he was in high school, and and didn't get a chance to play. So I was always captivated uh, about football, and I used to watch it all the time. And I have a brother that went to LSU with me. Uh, we're ten months apart, and all we did was, you know, all day, three hundred sixty-five, you know, days, you know, in a year. All we did was play football. I walked around with a football and slept with a football, man. So football was my life. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how pretty much how we got started playing little league football. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think any kid, if you if you go into football and you play with a family member or even just like a really close friend, I think that elevates the game and just makes you have so much more fun. So I know I, I it's it's awesome to play with family members whenever you get a yeah. chance to. Um, so I, I, I want to touch on your famous recruiting story. You know, you were, you were a lock for the game, <laughs> but decided to head to LSU last minute after an insane recruiting battle. Some people say that you almost single-handedly started the rivalry between Texas A&M and LSU started up again because of that recruiting battle. Um, I just, I, I, I have to know what made the decision to forego going to Texas A&M and then going to Louisiana down there. First of all, you know, Max, everybody thought that I was destined to go to Texas A&M because I could throw a rock from Hempstead to, 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 to you know, Brown College Station, where right. the Aggies we were at. And, you know, I was pretty much at all eight games because I got free tickets and different things like that. So everybody pretty much, uh, Jack and Cheryl thought it was a, a, a shooting for me to go to Texas A&M. And I think on, on the day that I signed, uh, well, it was like two days before I signed, uh, uh, I had two, like, uh, signings. Uh, the first day was on a Monday, and Jack and Cheryl, he was trying to sign a guy named Lance Pavlis from Tomball, Texas. He was at Lance's sign, you know, the, 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 on that Monday. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this dude really think that I'm a shoe in and, he don't, and, you know, he don't have his ass here. Well, I'm at, I'm a whole lot better than Lance, Lance Pavlis. Right. And uh, I thought Jack and Cheryl should have should have been there. I don't know if he, being, by him being there, I don't think uh, it would have uh, persuaded me to go to Texas and now, but it, it, it probably could have helped. And I say, you know, I don't, I'm not going to make a decision right now. I'm going to wait till Friday. 
And, uh, you know, all the news trucks, NBC, ABC, CBS was there. And I decided, you know, at that time that I wanted to, 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 to go to LSU. And, you know, for me, I think Texas A&M was just a little too close for me because knowing me, I would have probably been home every weekend. Right. Yeah, I I got I get you. I know some some kids like to go a little bit far away from home, but I mean, luckily Louisiana isn't that far from Texas, so I'm sure you still could have visited with uh, with family over holidays and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, it was like you know, like a five and a half hour uh, a yeah. drive, and my thing is, you know, you know, five hours is five hours, and for me, to, you know, it, it wasn't close enough or further enough for me to you know to try to make that trip when I got homesick, and I did get homesick. Right. Right. Yeah. No. For sure, for sure. Um, so just I want to talk about your time at, at LSU. You know, I'm sure you have a lot of great memories and stories after being there for five years. We love stories on the podcast. I was just I'm curious if there's a, a memory, a game, play, story, anything that happened uh, either on or off the field that really is just cemented in your in your memory from your time at uh, at at LSU. Well, man, you know, Baton Rouge is a magical place. I mean, just being there in Baton Rouge on a, on a Saturday night, man, mm-hmm. is something that. You, for me to describe it for you, I, I wouldn't do it any justice. You know, all the games, the big games that we played against, Ohio State and, and the Floridas and the Auburn games and, and, and just the campus, it was a beautiful time, man, especially during football season. And, you know, and I went to school with Shaquille and, and me and Shaq was, was pretty close. And me and Shaq would work together in the summertime for, with, with a company called Merit. And uh, those, you know, you know th- those times with him in the truck, we would do you know deliveries and, and different things like that. Uh, me driving, him sleeping and rapping, and and just you know, uh, you know seven out seven two, and he's when we in this little ass truck. It just that, those are the things that I remember about you know uh, uh, LSU. Yeah, right for sure. Yeah, I, that's super cool. Do you have uh, do you have any other cool Shaq stories? Yeah, well, uh, Shaq slapped a guy, uh, one of the football players. Uh, and it's a true story. And he slapped a, a, a guy on my football team named Anthony Marshall. And man, when I tell you when he slapped uh, Anthony Marshall, the whole football team chased Shaq ass to his to his dorm room, and he got locked up in his dorm. And they had to call the cops and the mayor and and all the coaches and Dale Brown that come down. And they about to, you know, I was I wasn't on campus, but when I drove back to campus, uh, I saw you know all the stuff that was going on. I'm just like, man, what what, what you know what, what's going on? He said, man, Shaq slapped Anthony Marshall. I was like, oh, shit. And Shaq literally had like 60 or 70 dudes want to kick his ass, man. So that, that could have ended pretty bad. And, you know, by him being smart and run to his room and lock his door until, like, you know, all of all that shit calmed down, yeah. it was the best thing that, that, that happened for Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I, I, did not ex- I did not expect a story like that. that yeah, that's a true story. That's awesome. I've never heard about that before. That, that, yeah, that's – yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm curious. As I said, you played at LSU, which is known for its uh, its crazy fans and atmosphere. And, uh, you know, you went to the Chiefs and the Raiders in the in the league, uh, both, again, both with an intense fan bases. Did you yeah. know any, notice any large changes in the atmospheres between college and the pros or or even like the Raiders and the Chiefs just in the atmosphere that you played in in the games? Man, both both atmospheres were, were intense. And, you know, playing at Arrowhead is just as, you know, just as loud and just as bolsters as playing in, 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 in uh, a Tiger Stadium. Uh, you know, playing in LA and Oakland, it's, you know, it's just, you know, the noise is, is probably about the same and the atmosphere is, 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 is probably about the same, but that it's nothing like that college atmosphere, man. Yeah. I'm always, you know, I'm always giving to, you know, to, to Baton Rouge on Sunday night. There's nothing on this earth that, 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 uh, that can compare to it other than the Super Bowl. Right. No, no, I, 
Absolutely. When I uh, when I was younger, I saw uh, a Penn State game, and you know how they have the whiteout in the stands yeah. with, with all the yeah. white. That yeah. blew my mind because I, you know, like you think like NFL, NBA, all these major leagues, no. they have the biggest fans, and it's like yeah. you go to those colleges. There's a sense of pride there. There's yes. a sense of belonging, and I think it's it's just so it's so cool. And you know, I I'm 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 up here in in Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, we don't have a whole <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of people up here, but our football oh. community is 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 uh, is huge, and we have a university team over here that uh, one of the hosts of the show play on actually Zach and uh, you know, we, we have a pretty small stadium, but we pack it and it's, it's an, it's an awesome event. Yeah, and it, man. it's something different than going to like a real like professional game because it's just, it just feels, it feels like you're more of a collective. You're there with other students, you're there with your peers. It's just, it's, it, it's an awesome time. So I'm just I, curious. I, so I like I, it. I, no, I'm listening. Not, not to cut you off. I was in Vegas this past weekend, man, for the, uh, you know, for the Raiders and Patriot game. And there's a beauty, you know, in that stadium, man, I don't, you know, I don't see any other stadium, yeah. you know, that, that even comes close to that other than Dallas uh, uh, Stadium. But still, Max, compared to Baton Rouge, bro, it is no contest. You got all, you know, you got to think, you got to think uh, Baton Rouge is nothing but a college town yeah. with a lot of young kids. And man, they get that alcohol of, <laughs> of flowing and, and smoking weed and and, and and the shit is off the chain, man. It's, it's the only way I can't even describe it. I went to a game uh, uh, last year and it's just, uh, it, it's incredible, man. I, my, you know, I, I take my kids up there every year and they just like, oh my God. And there's so many beautiful chicks walking around. They're like, you know, dad, you this, this is what it was like, uh, you know, in the nineties. I said, hell yeah, just, just, just like this, man. It's like, you know, my, my first semester at Rouge, I almost flunked out because I was partying so much, man. So I had to, yeah, I, I had to get my shit together and, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and, and make it happen. I'm, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure in Baton Rouge, though, it'd be so easy to fall into the whole, the whole party yeah. scene there. Yeah, I mean, you turn one corner and I'm sure you can go to 13 dorm parties. Oh, man, and, hey, I'm going to tell you, more than that, bro. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Yeah, especially starting on a Thursday night, you can see it building all the way to Saturday and it's yeah. just. Yeah, it, it, it's just, I, I can't describe it, but you'd have to see it. I mean, if you ever get a chance, man, put that on your bucket list to go to Baton Rouge uh, on a Saturday night. And, 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 and if they're winning, oh, my God, that's, that's, a, that's a whole nother level. Like the year they won a national championship, that whole year was crazy. Yeah, right. All right. You know what? That, 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 that is going on, on my bucket list because that, yeah, that, that's not awesome, man. That's so cool. Um, so I was just, I was curious. Uh, you know, you you were you were a stouted rookie coming in into the league. You know, first round, twenty first overall pick. But did you ever have a welcome to the league moment where either in a practice or in a game where you felt a hit or 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 took a block or something like that, and it just like kind of knocked you on your ass? Well, I I think what happened when I got drafted in the first day that I went to Kansas City uh, along with my father, we got the we got out the limousine and uh, we went to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, practice facility. And, you know, driving up, man, you see that big old, you know, that red helmet on the side of that building. And it finally, at that moment, it finally hit me like, wow, man. And then, you know, I walked, got out the car, opened the doors, and they were out on the football field. And I was like, wow, this is this is it. It totally smelled different. It looked different. You know, all the guys were, you know, older looking guys, you know, smoking cigarettes, not 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 on the football field. But, you, yeah, you could tell it was uh, it, it was a diff different atmosphere. And then when I started playing and practicing, the speed of the game is so much faster than what it was in college, man. I mean, you know, I ran, a, you know, 4-2-8. I was a 4-3 guy. 
But I had a, a damn defensive end named Neil Smith. Well, the first time I touched him, I ran a little tall sweep. This dude ran step for step with me and ran my ass out of bounds. And I just like, oh, this is this is something totally different right here. I mean, it blew my mind. It like it scared me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like you, you mentioned him. I know you give a lot of credit to uh to Derek Thomas for being one of yeah. the best, uh, one of the best players that you played with or against. I'm curious, is, are there any other tough players in the league, maybe linebackers or, or defensive linemen that uh that you really had to game plan for? Man, them guys from uh, Pittsburgh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they got a picture of me on Sports Illustrated with just, you can see my, just the only way you can tell it's me is my my face. Mm. And I got, you probably can find it, but I got nothing but Pittsburgh Steelers all on top of me, man. And that's, you know, they were pretty dominant back then. You know, playing against LT, uh, you know, I played with Derek Thomas. Then I ended up practice, you know, practicing against Derek Thomas every day and then playing against him. And then I played against Derek uh you know in college man and and those guys was just a whole nother level bro it just you know Derek thomas's first step was so incredible like like you can't even describe how fast it was von miller looks like a little similar as, as Derek thomas does but uh von miller can't hold uh dt's jock man and lt you know the great lawrence taylor uh ronnie lott you know ronnie lott tried to knock me off one time i had to stutter step on his ass and, and spin away from me but if he'd have hit me he'd have probably knock me out Oh yeah, and uh, you know Dennis Smith, another guy, Atwater, all those 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 guys that come up and try to take your head off, man. So yeah, you know, and everybody in the National Football League, from the uh, practice squad to the you know the guys that start, are very very good. I mean, you're talking about the elite of the elite, and uh, it's it's no scrubs in the National Football League. No, absolutely. I know. I uh, I hate to say it, but my favorite team is the is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and so and I, I, I <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I know that the defensive line well, and uh, I'm if if it felt like they were they were the steel curtain 2.0. So I yeah. I, I I like the respect you gave Pittsburgh. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. no, they got major major respect. Yeah, for sure. Um, so after three years with the Chiefs, uh, you went on to move to the Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. what was the mo- I know we talked about this a little bit, but what was the most dramatic change that you saw between the two or- organizations? Oh, uh, family. Uh, I hated Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, I know they say you don't supposed to talk bad about the dead, but he was a, a, a asshole, and to me, wasn't a good coach. Uh, you know, he had his favorites, and uh, you know that team that we had in 1991, we should have went to the Super Bowl, and he just, you know, Marty was stuck in his ways. I don't know if you ever heard the term Marty Ball. That is some, yeah, Marty Ball, three year, three yards on a cloud of dust, and you know he couldn't make adjustments, and uh, you know, so I ended up leaving there. Uh, I asked to be traded or cut me. And they tried to, you know, try to look for a trade and nobody they was asking for too much. So he, so he first came to me talking about he wanted to give me a, an extension after the year that they set me on the bench with Marcus and Joe Montana came to Kansas City to, you know, they want the old guys to lead us to the Super Bowl. And that shit backfired. And uh, I'm sitting on the sidelines for the, for the remainder of the year because he didn't want me and Marcus to, you know, get into it. And uh, my thing is, you know, when I was in Kansas City, man, they gave Marcus my job. Marcus, Marcus Allen didn't beat me, in my, you know, beat me out, and uh, you know, just basically gave it to him. And I had a sour taste in my mouth, so I leave there and go to, to the Raiders. And I was destined to be a Raider anyway on on draft day because if Kansas City don't take me, the Raiders would have took me like a couple of picks later, and I'd I'd have ended up in uh, you know L.A. anyway. But I love you know I'm a Raider, uh, I'm a I'm a Tiger and a Raider at heart, and uh, like I said, you know, we go back every year. It's a family atmosphere. And, uh, you know, Al Davis always take care of his players, former players. Right, for sure. So I, I'm curious from, from your time with the Raiders, because, I mean, I, I think that's what people would, would know you best from. Yes. Is, 
is your years in uh, Los Angeles and Oakland. Uh, who are some of your favorite teammates that you played with? Uh, either on the field, you had great chemistry with, or even off the field, you like just like hanging out with, you know, doing whatever. Bro, it was uh, Andre Bruce, uh, James Jett, James Trapp, Tim Brown, uh, you know, Willie Galt, uh, Sam Grady. You know, I always hey, hang out with the fast guys, man, because, you know, we got a different – now, I couldn't run with, you know, Jet or Trap because them guys got gold medals around their necks. But, you know, Rocket, you know, Rocket Ishmael, uh, you know, those guys, man, you know, uh, it was just – we were we were a family. We were just there this weekend, man, and just everybody kissing and hugging and crying. And and it's just, you know, uh, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. That's some real shit, man, for real, for real. And I, I love being a Raider. So I love everything that I have and everything that I am is because of Al Davis because he gave me a second chance. Absolutely. I know the Raiders, the Raiders are, have a great fan base, great organization. Um, my, my, my brother's a huge fan of them. So subconsciously I'm getting to like them more and more every year. <laughs> and, uh, and this season though, this season, I mean, they got a chance to make some noise, honestly. Hey, man. And they look good, bro. For real. We saw them, got a chance to see them practice and saw the game. Uh, you know, they're going to be, they, they, it's going to be hard to beat them, man. They, they got a really, really good football team. They really, they really do. No, I know. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how they do. I still hope the Steelers beat them, though, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was curious, you know, a lot of players have superstitions or, or, or pregame rituals. Did you have any when you were a player, even just like pregame meals or something like that? No, I used to wear a black uh, uh, a thing that I wore at LSU uh, when I ran track. It's like a, a, a you ever seen a bodysuit? Yeah. Yeah, that you sprint in. I cut mine in half and cut the arms off on the sleeve and had like a little mock turtleneck right here. Cause everybody used to tease me talking about my neck was long, but <laughs> I used to, you know, leave it to about right there. And, and if I didn't have that thing, I couldn't play for some strange reason. It was like Superman, I, it, you know, when I had it on, it was like my cape and uh, I couldn't, I could never play without that. I, even in practice, I would have to have it on. So yeah, I was very superstitious about that. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, that reminds me of MJ's college shorts that he wore under under his actual bull shorts whenever he played. Even yeah. though if you can't see it, it's like you know it's there. So that's yeah. where that's what that's why it actually matters. And, and would have to have my tower too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the side, yeah. <laughs> so I know I've asked you to to tell a bunch of stories. I'm or I'm going to ask you to see if you can think of one more. Uh, maybe your favorite memory that you've had in uh, as in a Raiders uniform. Uh, going and talking to Al Davis, just me and him one-on-one, uh, uh, bro, it's, uh, when they call him coach and, uh, Al Davis was so ahead of his time and he could get on the, Max could get on the board and drive, uh, diagram plays and running different things when he thought that, uh, that would work. And the only thing was, you know, I used to always tell him what you got out and implement some of this stuff that uh that you that you're showing me and telling me and uh maybe we you know we, we can turn this thing around but he you know he pretty much you know everybody thought al davis was calling plays and different things like that it wasn't he let his coaches do their thing and that, that's one thing i'm always miss man just you know sitting talking to him and uh after the season after i retired he would call me every year and ask me about the roster and i would go down each player and uh after we would get through he would say you know god damn harvey uh, if I listen to you, we don't have a chance. So, you know, I'm just, you know, dissect the the, uh, the roster and, uh, you know, I'm gonna miss those things about that. And I'm, I'm sorry that he get, you know, what, what he wanted before he died was to win a Super Bowl and get a new stadium. And he got his new stadium. And if you, and when you see that stadium in real life, man, it looks just like him. The stadium looks just, just, just looks, it looks like Darth Vader, but that's Al Davis. <laughs> 
Uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I got to ask you, I got to ask you one, one, one more question before I let you go here. Uh, it's my favorite question to ask uh, any athlete because I always get a variety of different answers. But mm -hmm. what do you think is the biggest life lesson that you have learned on the football field throughout your life? Uh, never quit. Always, you know, you're going to get your ass kicked, get up and, and, and keep it moving. Keep moving forward, man. It's always going to be rough, but, you know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's what football has uh, taught me. And I've, I've taken, you know, different, uh, you know, philosophies and, and principles from football and, and try to put it in my real life, be it, you know, finances, financial, marriage, different things. I always apply the football thing, code, G code, as I call it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, if you don't quit and keep moving forward, I think in this life, you're going to be okay. So that's what I get, you know, that's my little, you know, my little thing I got going on with me when it comes to football. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on, Harvey. It was an honor. You know, you are our, our, our first NFL first-round draft pick. It was so cool to have you on, man. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Uh, you guys play uh, fantasy football? Oh, yeah. All right, bro, I got a league that is very, very competitive. I got one more spot, and we got a draft tomorrow. If, if, if you, But you got to know what you're doing, bro, because these oh. dudes, I, uh, man, these guys I, I, I play with, will cut your head off and they talk, you know, talk crazy, talk a lot of shit. And, uh, every, you know, we've been doing it for the last six years. Okay. And I got I got four sons that play. And every year the Super Bowl comes out of my household. So <laughs> so we we got one guy that uh, he was getting his ass whooped so much he didn't want to play no more. So we got I got a spot. So I was going to ask Max, do they play? And, and it, it, if you want to uh, get in, bro, it costs twenty dollars. If you want to get in and, and see where you at, let's do it. That's I, I see. I ask call. Uh, uh, show me the money, and I, I, you know, it's twenty bucks. I shoot it to you, and the draft is tomorrow. So I'm gonna see what stupid your skills looking like, my man. Sounds good, dude. Alrighty. All right, bro. Thanks so appreciate much. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, dude. All right, man. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, bye. Alrighty. I uh, hope you all enjoyed that interview. We had a, we had a, a blast making it. Harvey, Harvey is obviously a, a great guy, great conversationalist. Has some awesome stories. So. Uh, we were super stoked to 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 get him on one of our uh, one of our first NFL players and uh, like we said our first uh, our first first round pick in the NFL so uh, we're stoked to have him on thanks so much Harvey that was dope yeah what a way to uh, end season four I mean like I mentioned in the the intro I mean this is gonna wrap it up uh, just we're gonna focus on some school school starting back up so we're gonna focus on school workout schedules I mean. It's kind of been a mess this past this past season, so we're we're gonna try to probably regroup as a group, try to get our schedule straight, get everybody in the studio, get everybody in interviews more consistently. I mean, I feel like we've been saying this every season, but you know, Max has mentioned that the quality we're putting out, the the care and effort we've been putting out on our Instagram, YouTube, website. If you're not checking those places out, go check them out. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna even make uh, season five even better, but it's going to be hard to top. I mean, season four was electric, some of those guests. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you have any suggestions on uh, what you want to see, I mean, f feel free to reach out to us. I mean, we have uh, our own email in our website where you can email us or DM us. We're always open for the suggestions. I know the people are hounding us for uh, trivia number two, so that might be in the works for uh, season five. But yeah, we'll we'll take a a, a few weeks off. Um, hopefully, regroup, get back as a group, and uh, you know, 
yeah, get season five on our way. Definitely. Yeah, we're excited. Um, don't don't have any any leads or, or any anything special to share with you about about season five. I think it's just gonna be, uh, um, you know, another another great another great season full of surprises. And I'm I don't, I'm gonna say this. I don't think that we're gonna commit to a specific day of posting. I think we we've tried to do that, and I, it, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It's nice to like. I know we were going on Sat. We we were pretty consistent there for yeah, like a long time. Yeah, we were. That's true. On on Saturday, but like, it, it it's super hard. It's it, yeah. It's getting too hectic. Yeah. So it's like. We'll we'll be like, okay, like we can only record on a Tuesday, but we're not gonna wait. You know how many days that is to wait to post on Saturday because all right. that news is already gone. Or well, then, exactly. Like, then like we we also have to edit the videos. You know, and then like get a post up, do all this stuff, and then it the communication sometimes gets lost. So well, exactly. Like I was just saying, like whenever we post, you know, everyone has their own like uh, like things they need to do. Like Zach, a lot of times you edit, you add the add the bio, like the introduction for the episode. I'll post it on the YouTube. Oakley will get a post ready for Instagram. So we all kind of have our own. Like not one person can just take a hold of it. We need everyone to be in communication and. Con- contact and you know as we said that can be really difficult uh so it's not it's not always gonna be as consistent as one day uh maybe we'll try for season five who knows we'll let you guys know yeah hopefully like that that'd be nice well yeah it'd be nice because you guys would constantly oh it's saturday well place coast is dropping today it would be (laughs) nice but uh that's true yeah and and also just to finish this talk up about season five yeah just stay tuned on the instagram um for when for when we'll be uh dropping season five next and i just want to say we're almost reaching like a full year of this like we it's, are it's kind of getting close now that we're entering fall no i know i mean we've mentioned it on the podcast like i feel like the idea of a well-placed cuss was october-ish i want to say of last year well i think the idea was september september like i, I i'm sure it was i'm sure it was like late september and then we first like practice recording like october yeah and then we first put out in december yeah right yeah yeah just yeah so i remember it would have been boxing day that we put out our first episode or christmas day one of the two so i mean it'll be a while since uh to christmas but the idea of a well-placed cuss is uh been almost a year so that's wild and yeah uh, and i mean like we we're definitely making it to to christmas so i mean i i'm excited to get that to get the one year anniversary we gotta get a dope interview dope episode for that that has to be amazing yeah um but but yeah so we're on episode 33 i believe now and uh like we said last of season four stay tuned for season five sorry we're repeating ourselves at this point. Yeah. Let's go into let's go into some uh, to some sports here. We'll talk about we'll talk about football first as we just came off of the Harvey Williams interview. I just want to touch on the CFL. You know the Riders, Riders finally got a win after after was it was it was it two three straight win, weeks without a win. Um, it was really it was really disappointing. But finally on I want to say Saturday was it or Sunday? It doesn't matter. Um, we finally got the win over the Rourkeless BC Lions. Um, you know, if Nathan Rourke's at quarterback, I think that's a different story about how that game turns out. Um, but 
I really like what the Riders were doing. I thought Cody looked the best that he did all year. He really, after getting benched, I think uh, I think Matt Dunnigan or Milt Stiegel, shout out Milt Stiegel, said something about that, and he was like, uh, he said, you know, getting benched can really light a fire under a quarterback's ass, right? And so it can, it can actually make them perform better instead of deterring them like some people think and I think that's exactly what happened with Cody that's why I think that he's proven to be a starter in the CFL because that the arm that he was throwing he didn't have any interceptions his completion rating was 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 amazing he had over 300 yards two touchdowns he got all of his receivers um all all, all of his receivers the ball he was spread in the spread in the field I thought he had a great game the defense was looking solid the secondary was looking great um you know the line still needs to uh, apply some more apply some more pressure to the quarterbacks. Get those sacks back up. We need Pete Robertson and AC Leonard to to start feasting again. Um, but I was really I was really I was a big fan of what the Riders had done on uh, on Sunday or Saturday. I can't I keep forgetting what what day it was. Saturday. So, yeah, it was uh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean it was an interesting game. I mean Max mentioned unfortunately Nathan Work is out. I mean. I mean, good thing for the Riders on that Saturday, but bad news for, obviously, BC, but also the CFL in general and Canadian football in general. I mean, Nathan Rourke has been balling out, putting up insane numbers, not only just for a Canadian quarterback or quarterback in general, like, in a season. Like, we're talking all-time numbers for the first couple of games into the season. So, really unfortunate. I mean, well wishes to that guy. Um, Absolute stud. Good for uh, Canadian uh, football in general. Yeah, I mean, Max, I agree with everything. Michael O'Connor got the start. I thought Um, thought he played pretty good, though. Yeah, and then he ended up getting injured as well. Um, Unfortunate, another Canadian quarterback. He he went to IMG and was like the fourth-ranked quarterback, too. Did Uh, he go to IMG? I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Or one of those prep schools in the States. One of the two. I just assume IMG because they're usually the... Sharp L went to IMG. Yeah, I mean, they maybe played together, maybe. actually. Um, yeah, and then he was like, he went to Penn's... I hope I'm not fucking all this up. I think he went to Penn State. I'm going to have to search this up. Um, but he ended up... He was a really high, highly touted quarterback, went went to the States, and then he, he came home to UBC. Not really home because he's from Ontario. Yeah, he, he he's from Ottawa, that he went to Penn State and then he ended up going to UBC and then his rookie season he won a Vanier and he's what one of the greatest like quarterbacks in U Sports history with his like numbers and what he did. Um good to see him get his first career start, unfortunately got injured as well. Um but the Riders, I mean, like the the first half was kinda interesting. They didn't really have anything going until a big uh play to Keon Schaefer Baker and their offense started to get going. I agree with you, Max. I mean, Cody looked the best he's looked all season. Oh, um, one thing I just, I just have to ask, I don't want to interrupt you, but, you know, I love Jamal Morrow, but you might have to credit that offensive line more than anything because the way that Frank Hickson was running last night, the run blocking that was happening, I was so surprised. They have one of the worst um, um, pass blocking defenses, I think. Or offensive lines, um, but Frankie Hickson was running up and down that field. Who I got in fantasy, by the way, and 
that offensive line, like the holes that they were creating and the spacing that they had, the footwork, like everything, like I was just noticing it. I thought that they played tremendously. I thought Logan Bandy had a great game. I know we were kind of saying some stuff about him, but you know, he's been, he's been having a really solid, solid year for the Riders actually. So I gotta, I gotta throw a little bit of credit to that offensive line. He's had a lot of, a lot of shit uh, thrown their way this season because I think they're, they're really letting their running backs eat. Yeah. I mean, Frank, you look great. I mean, the offense in general, I mean, it got Kyron Moore back, and I can't wait to see Duke Williams back next week with Kyron Moore. I think that's Imagine speed. when Shaq Evans comes back. I mean, I mean, we've been talking about this wide receiving core, and they haven't had a game together. I mean, you look at Keen Schaefer-Baker, Duke Williams, Shaq, and then Kyron Moore. Like, you got the speed with Moore, the deep ball, like, go up and get him with uh, Duke Williams. And the physicality that the he physicality, brings. The physicality, and then Shaq is that route runner. and then Just kind of everything in between. Keen Schaefer-Baker is kind of like everything, like a mix of everything. Yeah, so. yeah no, I Keon, you know, Keon was having a solid season in the past few games here. He's been a bit disappointing. You know, you can blame that on quarterback play or whatever you want. Um, but he had an absolutely tremendous game. He had... He almost had close to 200 yards, didn't he? And um, <laughs> I also picked him up in fantasy. Oh, no. You know who else I picked up in fantasy? Yeah. Cody. Oh, great. <laughs> I think I might have won. Um, but uh, it was oh, it was, it was so good to finally see a win. Uh, and a win not at home. I think that boosted the confidence of every single player there. Um, I think a lot of people have to remember, too, the Riders aren't healthy. Like, the Riders still have a lot of scratches. And... I think if they were healthy, I think that they would be. I I I think they'd be number two in the league. Truthfully, I do, and um, I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, we talked about this last week. It's all about the teams that get hot at the right moment, and uh, you know, Saskatchewan has a tough couple of tough few games ahead. We play BC again, Winnipeg twice. Uh, it's Labor Day Classic coming up, so I'm sure everyone from Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are excited for that. But uh, but yeah, we're we're excited to. We're excited to see how the Riders can do in the over the next few weeks till uh, till playoffs start. Yeah, and just to wrap up CFL news, I mean, Bo Levi Mitchell, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, getting benched, and then Jake Meyer of the Stampeders balling out. I thought that was pretty interesting. I um one thing I I really hated is I would go on like CFL Twitter sometimes, and I would see so many people defending Bo Levi. Be like, if you don't think Bo Levi is the best player in the CFL, something's wrong with you. And it's like, yeah, he might have been at one point, maybe, but not anymore. And I just love to see him get benched because I hate Bo Levi. I like with a passion. I dislike him because he hates Saskatchewan. He's talked shit about Saskatchewan his entire career. So fuck Bo Levi, but. I'm glad to see him get start, or I'm glad to see him get benched because I actually really like Jake Mayer, and uh, yeah, he did. Calgary pulled out the win, didn't they? Too no, no, they ended up losing, but Two it was points. like a really, really good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's right, that's right. Remember when Bo Levi almost came to Saskatchewan? I think I don't think he was ever close to coming to Saskatchewan. I truly don't because I don't think Saskatchewan fans would have welcomed him. I wouldn't have. <laughs> that would have been wild if he did sign. Um, and then also. Uh, Gary Stern, we've mentioned him on the show. We wanted to get him on oh, yeah. as an o- owner. Um, he is no longer an owner of New. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes, which I think is a huge loss because he was electric on Twitter. I mean, it was like the summer of Stern. People were saying in the CFL, 
um, getting into it with like Milt Stiegel in the panel, like chirping back and forth, forth, uh, in good fun, obviously. Yeah. Um, American guy that seemed to love the CFL, and uh, unfortunately, he's no longer on Twitter and no longer uh, an owner. Uh, didn't really like the direction the Alouettes were going. I think uh, it was really kind of hard to pick up the pieces what had happened, but. Uh, Gary Stern, uh, no longer an owner, and I think that's uh, a tough, tough break for CFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's 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 one of the guys that that you like in the CFL. He adds character, like you said. He adds he adds a bit of swagger to the league, a bit of swagger to the Owls. Uh, you you want you want an owner like that, and uh, it's just disappointing to to see that now. Um, but yeah, he he, he, w- he was a minority owner, by the way. He he's not like the yeah. head, head honcho, <laughs> so it's not like the Al's just don't have an owner. He was like I think twenty percent owner or mm. something like that. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, we'll move on to more f- football NFL preseason has come and go, come and go, come and gone. Um, I just got to touch on uh, cuts are being made today. Uh, Eighty man rosters are going down to fifty three. Chris Trevler balled out in the NFL preseason with the, uh, the Jets. Came in all three games, led them for comebacks and wins. Um, I don't know his exact stats, but the guy, he, he balled out. He Made, did. He, well, Robert Saylor, uh, or Salah said he had one of the one of the best, like in, in his opinion, he had one of the best preseasons out of anyone yeah. ever. No, he was the preseason MVP. I mean, became a, a folk hero, I guess, like a cult hero for Jets fans. And uh, yeah, he's, the, he's he's the new Mike White. Literally, like he was, people are loving him, and I think partly to do with his play, and he was balling out, but partly to do with Pat McAfee. I remember last year when they signed him, they're kind of chirping him. I re- I remember when he even first played with Arizona, they're like, "Oh, this is the Grey Cup winning quarterback," and then he threw a pick, and I was like, <laughs> like I was like, "Oh God," because now all these people actually think this guy was a god in the CFL. He hey, wasn't. He was not good in the CFL, people. Like he was a backup quarterback in the CFL. He and like his 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 arm got significantly better in the NFL. Apparently, because in the CFL, that man could not throw. He had a great arm for distance, not accuracy. No, like he. W- I think he was really overhyped in the CFL because of like how he, he was a character. He like, was a character. He, he, had, he, he had swagger. He yeah. brought that. He brought all that mojo, and so the CFL really liked that. And I think they tried to promote him. And he, just, he did. Like that was a good move on the CFL. They were really promoting the guy, but he was a backup quarterback. No, I know. And like I remember when he would like because him and Claros would like basically flip flop starts. Like Claros was banged up, obviously. But I remember when the he started against the Riders. Like everybody in Riderville was like, "Yes, we're facing Strevler." Everyone was so happy because that gave the Riders the best chance to win because yeah. he wasn't that good. Yeah, so it's wild to see like him balling out. I mean, it's good, I guess, for the CFL getting some representation. But I think it even adds to like these guys, like Bo Levi in his prime. You're telling me the guy couldn't be like legitimately like a player in the NFL? No, like, well, like absolutely, like. Like Nathan Rourke, right? Yeah. Like, like he is going to the NFL. Like, like I absolutely believe that. And if he doesn't, it's because he doesn't want to go, not because no one in the NFL doesn't want him. Yeah. So it's wild to me. I, I mean, it's kind of like respect to the CFL. I mean, obviously we're CFL fans as well. Um, yeah, but it's wild. I mean, Pat McAfee was calling him Chris Trafolsky, 
And, like, they had shirts made of Strafulski and stuff. And he legitimately thought that was his name until, like, this preseason. And they're like, how did I realize? We were completely off. It's Strevler, not Strafulski. Strafulski. And they were calling him that the whole time. And, uh, yeah, my one buddy had a t-shirt that just said Strafulski. It was just, I mean. I love Pat McAfee. I mean, uh, yeah. And, like, I mean, he promoted it, too. I mean, they're kind of ripping the CFL kind of a little bit. But, you know, I don't think the CFL gets the respect down down south. And uh, No, it doesn't. Ho- but like, talk to the players in yeah. the NFL who've played in the CFL. Like Chad o- Ochocinco. Chad Ochocinco had a great interview. Yeah. He was he was he was saying like he was like like he's like these guys are good enough to play in the south. Why aren't they playing in the south? There's yeah. so only so many spots available. Yeah, and like that's what he was saying. And like I think and like Cameron Wake will say the same thing. Who started out in the CFL? Warren Moon, Jeff Garcia, like anyone who played in the CFL will say, "Fuck the CFL has some competition and actual players in it." Mm-hmm. And America's just like, "No, we're number one. No, fuck you, we're number one." I know it's wild, and then you get guys like. Strevler, who was a backup quarterback and only kind of get, got picked up because he was a running threat and they paired him with Kyler. Like, like that's, yeah, that's one thing that the NFL does is they take, um, they'll take players that aren't necessarily the best in the CFL but have, like, great bodies and a lot of potential. Yeah. And they'll bring them down. Like, it was the same thing that happened with Braden Lenius, who's now back on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, I forgot about that. That's another big addition. That wide receiving core is scary for the Riders. They just need to stay healthy. Yeah. I don't want Jake Hardy starting, man. Yeah. I don't want him starting. Me either. God. Um, but, yeah, so the CFL – doesn't does not get its respect. Shout out to Chris Strebler for having a great season. I'm sure he's gonna get picked up. Yeah, I would hope he gets picked up. I, I would mean, love for the Steelers to pick him up and trade Mason Rudolph. That'd be that'd be awesome. Um, and other NFL news: uh, Baker's QB one for the Panthers confirmed. As if that was in question. Uh, he's G- so much better than Sam Darnold. Yeah, in that pinch, he's a Sam Darnold guy. He was saying he he. I can't wait for that game week one against the Browns. I'll be excited for me. Absolute electric. Um, Geno Smith, also quarterback one for the Seahawks, beating out Drew Locke. Interested to see how how the Seahawks uh, do this season if they're going to tank because they're in a weird situation. They better tank, man. Uh, Tyron Smith out for the season for uh, – Amstring, right? Yeah, I think so. Leg, lower body injury. He's out for the season. That's disappointing for the for Cowboys fans. Yeah, um, especially after they just got rid of uh, Leo Collins. So yeah, their their tackles are not, aren't looking too good. And then obviously, I'm pretty sure I don't really want to touch on uh, this, but uh, I will. Matt Ariza from uh, the Bills, the punk god. Um, yeah. Fuck ba- him. Bad. Bad incident um fuck him he should never play another down of football again he it, should be in jail if it's all confirmed and i think he even like yeah uh, i'm i'm i think it's confirmed yeah so uh, gross human being he can go fuck himself and you know you, you you know what's really disappointing what the bills knew about this when they drafted him really they did i didn't see that i thought that's why he went to the sixth round because all the punters and kickers were taken in the fourth I, and I th- all teams knew about this. That's why he went to the six, and the Bills still took him. I thought I thought the Bills GM came out and he phoned twenty plus GMs, and they all said they didn't know about it. Oh, I didn't hear that. That that could be true. But what I heard that the Bills did know about it, and they were trying to see if it would blow over in time because he was so good. Oh. And I think I like I I think that's a little bit gross. Um, but you know I, 
you don't always know the full story, so I won't say anything. But even even if you're still in the same breath as what Matt Areza did, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, obviously the guy was electric in uh, college. I mean, he, he was, was that's, that's so it's so sad because he was yeah, so fucking good. Yeah, he was so good. Um, the punk god. Um, and then yeah, I'm pretty sure the Buffalo Bills GM said he phoned like 20 plus guys after they knew about the incident and said, "Did you guys know about this?" And then obviously the NFL does extensive background research and all this, and apparently nobody knew. But uh, you know, who who knows what what the truth is yeah. at this point? So yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's enough of that. And then Brian Robinson Jr. actually just got. Shot. Oh yeah, that was sad. To see. Luckily, yeah, he's he, in. I think uh, Ron R- R- Rivera said he's in solid condition. Yeah, or stable condition. I mean, um, so wishing him all the best. You know, I think he was he was uh, touted to be the uh, number one running back in in Washington. He was going to start over Antonio Gibson. Were the reports that I heard when this came out. Um, and if not, they were at least going to be uh, a great a yeah. great one two punch on the run game. So it's disappointing to see that. Uh, wish him a speedy recovery, and uh, hopefully he can get back on the field soon. Yeah, and then Jimmy G will stay with the 49ers on the highest backup salary ever. Yeah, I, I, I like that signing because I'm not entirely sold on Trey Lance, and I just think that uh, those two guys complement each other well, like their play styles complement each other well. So, you know, if Trey Lance is working the offense, it's not working, you put Jimmy G in, it kind of gives it a different scheme, a different sit, a fit, different setting, all that kind of stuff. If you if you have the money, might as well do it. Yeah, exactly. Opinion. So I, I like that signing. I mean, it might be a bit more money, but it's only one year, so I like it. Uh, we'll go for another contract signing, unless you have anything else to do with football you wanted to talk mm, on no i don't think so no i think we're good yeah we're, we're getting really close to the season about a week away now oh, we're excited oh we're excited yeah so uh thursday night uh the 8th september 8th that's when we kick it off so mm-hmm. we're getting really really close here um that sunday is gonna be electric man the next sunday is gonna be awesome yeah i'm I, so excited for, for football season to be back yeah, I mean nothing's better than watching like the Riders on a on a Saturday and then NFL Sunday. Absolutely, like, and then go to a Husky game on Friday. It, well, I think our games are actually going to be mainly Saturday. This, oh, really? This year? Oh, okay. So that's kind of unfortunate, but uh, yeah, not nothing better than a a, fr- uh, a weekend full of uh, football. So yeah, and you, you you only got so many days to do that. So make sure make sure you use them good. Yeah, and. I mentioned uh, signing um, Nazem Kadri went to your flames. I don't know how we missed. No, this we last missed episode. that last episode. That was disappointing. Like I know, yeah, you, you, I texted you, you instantly. Yeah, yeah, you did. You left and you texted me because I was like, I was sure we missed something big, and I was like, I guess there was nothing in the NHL, but there was one big NHL news. Nazem Kadri is officially a Calgary Flame, and I could not be happier. We are making a run this year. I promise you. I just need Mika Kippersoft to be back in that <laughs> net, and I promise you, we're making a run for the chip. Now, I was so I was so happy about it. I think the contract was good. Um, I think he he wanted to stay in Colorado or the Islanders. Yeah, uh, no, I heard the I, Islanders I think, were going to yeah. be the team, and now he's super. Like I remember when I got the notification, mm-hmm. I was I was super surprised when I saw it was uh, to the Flames because I didn't really see the Flames like in any. Like articles or anything. Any talks. Yeah, any nope, talks. I didn't hear anything about Like it. I heard the Islanders were gonna be the team and uh like they basically already had a deal on 
basically they had a deal already set to go and then he there was no news for like a couple of weeks i mean obviously this free like mo- most of the moves were a couple of uh weeks ago and then this uh popped up recently so uh kind of a late news and but uh yeah he's gonna go to calgary so weird off season for the flames i mean you very look- weird but i'm pretty happy yeah I'm, I'm pretty we we have the core back together with uh with all those guys but you know we replaced some star power and arguably got some better star power i so. mean it's not every year that you lose your two best players and somehow get better so no exactly so like, um yeah <laughs> that, that that's exactly right um, yeah, that's really about hockey. Yeah, not, not, hockey's kind of at a standstill right now, yeah. not a whole lot. Um, yeah, we'll move on to some, uh, basketball talk. I mean, Max, we, we talked, talked about last week's episode. You went, went on a bit of a, I won't say rant, cause it wasn't a rant, but no. you talked, you talked about, uh, pro-am games and how, how we oh, love them. And yeah. I agree with you. And then something... Here's the downside. Yeah. <laughs> Here is the only real issue with pro-am games. Chet Holmgren tore a tendon in his foot or his Achilles or his leg and he is going to miss his entire rookie year. How sad is that? And yeah, it's 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 ironic coming after coming after this after the after the rant that I had about program games, how much I love them, how good they are for the sport, and then Chet Holmgren goes and does something like this. It's uh it's disappointing to see, as um you know me and Zach were both pretty big Chet fans, and uh, his play style is so unique, and I was so excited to see what he was gonna be able to do with SGA, Josh Giddy, all those guys, and uh, you know that's gonna have to wait another year. It's gonna be the Joel Embiid 2.0 situation. And, uh, you know, hopefully he gets back soon. But, you know, that's that's the cost of doing this kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, that's I, I think that's I think it's a fair, um, fair nice. reason for NBA, NBA players to yeah. to to not want to play those games, because all it does is it can re-aggravate injur- old injuries. It can create new injuries, you know, so you never know. But I mean, that could have happened in a practice that could have happened in a pickup game. I think it's just kind of how the, the luck of the cards. So. It's really disappointing to see, though. And people saying that, oh, it's because Chet's skinny. Stop it with that. Like that—that that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it, it literally, it doesn't make any sense. I've heard that so much. Like, oh, get a better body type, and it's like, it's the, like the man doesn't weigh anything. The issue with like Zion's legs is that he's three hundred pounds on those two tree trunks. Yeah, like he has so much weight supporting them. Chad Olmgren doesn't have any weight to him, and they're like, he's nothing to support. And they're like, oh, we all knew this; it was gonna happen because Chet doesn't weigh anything. It was like, and they're like, that was LeBron doing that. Imagine Joel Embiid in the post. It was like, well, right. the guy just like roll, basically rolled up on, like LeBron kind of rolled on his leg, and then his his leg or his foot like rolled, like. Uh, it's oh, it's so disappointing. It was just a fluky thing. So st- it was st- stop it with the. It was because he's skinny. We all gonna we all knew this was gonna come. Like it was kind of just a fluky thing. And I mean, like the Thunder are gonna rebuild again, kind of this year. And so maybe they get the first overall pick. Take uh, Victor. Oh, how what what? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, Zach, try to pronounce it. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The Vic- really tall French guy. Yeah, that's the, not Rudy Gobert. Yeah, the the 
freakishly insane athletic French dude that I was just call like, him Wim- Wimbledon. Yeah, he was like locking up Rudy Gobert when he was like fifteen. Yeah, that's that guy. true. That's not an accomplishment though. Rudy Gobert's trash. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, imagine Victor, uh, Josh Giddy, and Chet like that. And, and also, also they have a seven foot small forward named Alec Pokusevsky, yeah. who's underrated, I think. And so, if they got Victor <laughs> Chet f- and Poku, they got seven footers. Imagine this lineup: you got SGA running the point, Josh Giddy at the two, Victor at the three, <laughs> Chet at the four, and you got Victor at the five. Oh my god! Could you imagine that lineup? That'd be funny, bro. Like that's actually that would that would be the most deadly starting five in basketball. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would, they would be so unguardable in so many ways. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting to watch. Actually, that would be all, all right. right. So we'll, we'll 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 get off the thunder now. Uh, we'll talk about probably the biggest uh, NBA news that's happened in the past week, and uh, that would be Mr. Patrick Beverly going to Los Angeles. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think. That Patrick Beverly is a little bit washed. You know, he's he's already thirty four years old. He's really, he's really not uh, not young at all. He doesn't really have that athleticism. He doesn't really have a whole lot of that uh, just kind of youthfulness. But his play style is one thing that people can point to and like really show that he is an absolute dog. And I think that's what the Lakers need right now. You know, a lot of people are criticizing this move because, you know, LeBron and 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 Pat Bev don't have the best relationship or or Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev don't have the best relationship or Pat Bev and the Lakers organization in general don't have a particularly good relationship. But I am actually a big fan of this trade. And I think something that's kind of stupid and weird is that people think that because they got Patrick Beverly, that this is Russ's time in Los Angeles, that it's done. I don't really understand. I don't really understand that. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because why does one player coming in immediately mean that another player has to go out? Like they can play together. They have the they have unique playing styles. If you want to say that, sure. And maybe they won't play together as much, sure. But like, Rush should still be starting on the Lakers. It's weird. It's weird that that's even a question that 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 Pat Bev is gonna take Russell Westbrook's spot. Like, what the hell? I don't I don't understand that narrative whatsoever. Because if Westbrook is leaving, then he's going to get traded. He's not just going to leave because Patrick Beverly's there. Like I I'm a fan of the trade, but the narrative surrounding it to me was weird and flawed and I just wasn't a fan of anything that happened. So Max, you're not going to be a fan of me then. <laughs> Cuz uh I actually I was wondering that. I was like that doesn't make any sense with this trade. I know you're a fan of it and I get your reasoning too, but I still I'm still really really confused like uh I mean, unless Pat, do you think Pat Bev's coming off the bench then? Basically, Is well, it-, it depends what the Lakers want to do because they traded THT, which was I think a little bit stupid because he was a really good trade piece, but you know, whatever. Um, so what they could do is they could put uh, Russell Westbrook at the one, Pat Bev at the two. 
Um, or they could just have Pat, Bev, Pat Bev coming off the bench and act as a Rajon Rondo, like 2.0. You know, either way, I just, I understand people's hesitation towards a trade. You know, I personally like it. But I think when people say that, that Pat Bev is going to take Russ's spot, I just think that's ridiculous. See, I don't know if he's taking a spot. I just don't like like I don't like a floor of Russ, Pat Bev, LeBron, A D and uh who who's another guy that usually starts for them? Um oh, I mean Is it bad that that's like the only guys that I can actually name on the Lakers right now? Well like, I know that Thomas Bryan, I guess, would probably start at center. Yeah, AD like I don't I don't really him. like that spacing on that oh, starting don't. five. Oh, like, God, no. So, like, that's why I'm kind of hesitant. I mean, Pat Bev and Russ kind of play a very similar game. I mean, Russ yeah. is, like, really more athletic. I would trust him scoring the board more. But, uh, yeah, it's – I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously see what they do with it. Um, the Lakers are giving up a lot of their future here for success now, so – they better start balling out really soon and don't want to have another repeat of last year. No, but this was a, this felt like the definition of a Lakers signing to get a to get a vet who's out of his prime to come off the bench, you know, maybe add some morale, add some add some I don't know to the team. Um but I kind of like it. I think that that's what the Lakers need. They needed a bit of grittiness. Draymond Green type of player, you know, to like take those fouls for LeBron to to show that he's uh to show that he's the, uh, you know, the dog that we all know that he is. So, but yeah, a lot of people were unhappy. I'm not unhappy. I think that this was a solid trade. I think they need to do something bigger, and I don't know about the fit with Russ. There's still a lot of question marks in the air, but. Uh, but you know, I'm 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 kind of sold on 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 this trade for the Lakers a bit. Not what the Lakers are doing, but on this trade a little bit. Little, I I I will say I don't I don't want, don't mind what the buses are doing. Okay, um, quickly wrap up some basketball talk with probably the two other I think the two most important things. R.J. Barrett resigns with the the Knicks uh, mm. for your deal. Yes. Um, I'm super like confused. I don't have a like. I don't know about what's happening with Donovan Mitchell right now. Like, he removed Utah out of his bio on Twitter, I believe, and then people were saying there was like a deadline for the trade and stuff like that. Um, I I'm not really sure like what that actually meant. Like. And like RJ signed, so I'm I'm very confused on what's happening. Like, I, I haven't been really keeping up with it. So if you know something, I don't. Like, yeah. So apparently there kind of was a trade deadline. Um, it was it was last night. Was the New York's like, okay, you either trade Mitchell or we're we're re-signing RJ. It's like it's one of the I other. See. So they didn't re-sign Mitchell. They signed. They re-signed RJ. I would have been so unhappy if New York traded RJ for Donovan Mitchell. Me too. Str- like, like e- even if it was just straight up. I, I think that RJ has so much more potential. I think the fit in New York is so much better. They need his, his defense, his athleticism. He's such an overall great player where Donovan Mitchell <laughs> isn't. And I think the fit with Mitchell and Brunson would be weird. So yeah, I'm happy with I'm happy with RJ getting that uh, g- getting that contract. You know, obviously going to get more minutes, get more playing time. 
So I'm excited, but yeah, Utah is asking for way too much for Donovan Mitchell. They asked for way too much for Rudy Gobert. I can't believe the fucking Timberwolves. I know, did that I, I know. That's why they're probably asking for so much. Well, they're I like, know. we got that of, out of Rudy. Like we can get way more out of Donovan Mitchell. Well, right. And so the Knicks are, or the Jazz were like, yeah, five first round picks. And the Knicks are like, no fucking shot. Like, I know. Like what are you, like, what are you talking about? I know. RJ is a freshly 22 year old guy. Like. I would have hated seeing him in Utah. Oh my That's god! That's all I all, all I would say. This is that contract's gonna take him to when he's twenty six. That's gonna be a big year for him. Twenty six. That's sort of when you're entering your athletic prime. Yeah. Usually like the twenty seven, twenty eight. So it'll be an interest. I I probably see him signing probably like a two year contract at that time. I think I think he's eventually gonna leave New York. Um, that's just like my long term prediction, but. But I think of what the what what the Knicks did now was so smart. Yeah, no, I actually like this Knicks move. And then going to the other surprisingly, yeah, going to the other New York team, the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant is staying home. I guess um, that was a whole thing. I mean, that lasted like two months now. So Kevin Durant made me wait almost two weeks to put out that goddamn. Uh, article about grading free agency moves in the NBA, and then he doesn't even do anything. Kevin Durant is the most drama-filled NBA player. He's so weak. I will, like, die on this hill. He is the weakest NBA player I've ever seen. What player do you know is, like, trade me or get rid of the head coach and the general manager and I'll stay? And he basically brought in Steve Nash as well. Like, like, oh my god! I, I, I. It just frustrates me and irritates me because Kevin Durant, like, this decision is actually like, is 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 stopping players from getting money because teams don't want to sign these players. You know, throw away ten million dollars when they could get KD. On Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gay, whoever else is a free agent, and so they all these players have to wait for Kevin Durant to just make his decision before these teams are like, okay, so now we don't have Kevin Durant. Now let's go sign whoever the hell we want to try to fill out the roster. He he like it affects other players. He doesn't see that, and I just it just pisses me off what Kevin Durant is doing with the NBA right now. He ah oh, he just thinks that he's like top shit all the time constantly and that he can make any decision that he wants no one is bigger than the organization as a whole say what you want about le gm or whatever the hell you want he never made or like he was never like fire the head coach fire the general manager and then you'll keep me he never did that so i i, I absolutely hate what what kevin Durant is doing it's so attention grabbing it's so me 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 so i don't really care anymore uh i hope the nets fail i i don't like kevin durant man. i'm interested to see what the nets will do though like this upcoming season i mean you got ben simmons who's probably he should but we have no idea he should play um Kyrie, that whole thing and then kevin durant i mean the nets have we've been saying like they had that super team and then they played like 13 games together or whatever so yeah, the Nets are in just in a weird state. I mean, they were on top of the world just a couple of years ago when they traded for James Harden, and now they're just in a really weird situation. Kevin Durant's finally staying, but at what cost, basically? 
our relationships gone yeah in that organization who knows um exactly and also just before we move on to to baseball i just want to touch on markeith morris uh signed with the nets now again that's a very that's a very net signing. It's a very re- reminiscent of like what the Lakers would do, and it's getting it's getting these older guys, um, that these that like guys like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kyrie, like playing with, um, again out of their prime on cheap contracts, probably a veteran minimum. So, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about that signing. He's barely gonna see any minutes. Uh, but it's just a very Nets esque signing of them to do. Yeah, okay, uh, Max mentioned it, uh, but uh, we're going to move on to some baseball news. I mean, the Blue Jays had a really good weekend or, or, or games against Boston and the Yankees and then came home against the Angels and Ooh. then absolutely shit the bed. I mean, I they watched, got swept. I watched all three of those games, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is <laughs> awful. Oh, it God. was like, well, the one game, it was just like Shohei Otani's just a god and, oh. like, was pitching his ass off. Yes. And uh, But then the Blue Jays just couldn't hit a run. They were leaving guys on stranded on the bases. It was looking messy, and then uh, they got a huge win and uh, extra innings against Chicago. Oh, I needed that. They needed it. Especially needed it. Chicago's not that great of a team. Good rally by the boys. Yeah. Won in the extra innings. That, that was a huge win for that, and all, for oh, that team. And, I and mean. Who, 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 no, it was a walk-off homer. Who hit that? No, 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 walk-off single by Danny Jansen. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, okay, okay. He, he also hit a homer though. So oh, I got. He had I a big see. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Is, is Christian Kirk hurt? Uh, or Al- Alejandro Kirk? No. Uh, he he's still in there. He probably he, just depended not. on the pitching or if Kirk mm. was DH. And I didn't watch the game yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So hopefully the Blue Jays get hot. I mean, we're we're heading into uh, September baseball really soon, so it's gonna be electric. Um, other baseball news: Julio Rodriguez signed a 14-year deal with the Mariners. Uh, young star with Seattle. Seattle. Like, great contract. Yeah, he is good. He is a young star. Yeah, he's going to be a great player. I mean, Seattle had all those prospects. Um, they're fighting for a wild card spot right now, but they have all those young guys and good mix of veterans. I mean. They've been trying to go all in. They signed uh, Robbie Ray this this past offseason from the Blue Jays. Yep. Um, they they made some big trades at the trade deadline with those young pieces prospects, but those prospects are developing now. They're they're hitting the major leagues. They're performing, and uh, Julio Rodriguez is is leading that team. Uh, guy's a stud. I mean, Ichiro came back to Seattle, and he like handed him like like these special flowers. That means like. You're the leader of the team, basically. And so when Ichiro is handing Julio Rodriguez that, I mean, like, that's pretty special. Whoops. Absolutely. I mean, um, he's going to be locked. I'm not sure, like, what the deal is, like, if there's clauses in it, if he can get out of it or whatnot. But uh, he's making good money. He's locked up in Seattle. And Seattle's one of those teams that usually doesn't keep star players necessarily. Kind of Like, I won't say, like, they're a small market, but they're not. They're definitely not a big market. But they have good fans, and uh, I mean, I know a lot of Canadians support uh, Seattle. Obviously, it's uh, yeah, it's r- really close to Canada. Yeah, it is a lot of uh, BC, Alberta, the, yeah, even even some Saskatchewan. They really like um, 
they like uh, Seattle because it just gives the West uh, a chance to shine a bit more. Yeah. Um, also, Bryce Harper is back. Uh, the Phillies are fighting for a wild card spot. Uh, good to see Bryce Harper back. And then they blew like a seven to nothing lead yesterday to the Diamondbacks. Um, God, I love the Phillies. Not a great uh, night for Bryce Harper's return, but uh, good to see a star in baseball return. And then Albert Pujols, very close to seven home. Oh, he's 700. so close. He's, I think he's six away. Yeah, I think he's at 694. Yeah, so he's six away. I mean, this is his last season. Hopefully he Hopefully. gets there. I mean, you never really know with Albert. Zach's dying on my left over here, just by the way. You never really know with Albert. Guy's a machine. Guy has been hitting baseball, it seems like, since he was five years old. And uh, so, you know, I, I am really rooting for him. I really hope he gets to 700 because ev- everyone likes Albert. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, I j- I also saw he um he took off his jersey and just like gave it to a fan to 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 a kid who was uh, outside of the uh, Angels dugout. That's just awesome because it, it's it, it's like nothing for Albert, but like that makes like the kids like that's one of like kids highlights to his life. So you gotta love him. Yeah, uh, shout to Albert. Oh my God, Max, I just died. Right yeah, there. I know. I, yeah, I know. Did you hear it through the mic? Yeah, oh. I think I commented on it. S- s- sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you could tell my voice was going there. Like oh, I was yeah. like trailing off. Oh, I thought you were gonna start crying. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, Cause my, you paused, and I was like, "The fuck is he doing?" <laughs> my eyes are watering. Like that was that was rough. But <laughs> shout, shout out Albert. Um, yeah. we'll talk more about home runs. Um, Aaron Judge. 50 home runs. Hit the big 5-0. Before September. That is absurd. Yep. Um, absolutely crazy that he he's hit this number. I mean, love Shohei, but Aaron jo- Judge at this moment like is the rightful MVP winner. And if he doesn't win it, I'm sure New York Yankees fans are going to just like start a fire. Yeah, or something like. I'm curious. Um, does like does MLB? I I don't know. Does like the MLB MVP? Does that play or does that matter on account of like uh, how good the team does, like team success? Um, not usually. No, okay. I, not usually. Not usually is yeah. I like how, I like how I learned all my sports from basketball, and basketball is like very different from a lot of sports. Like you can't like a basketball star player means a lot basketball um you know you, to to be recognized as a as a great per, as a great uh player you have to win uh it's just different to see or it's cool to see how different they are in sports to see what they value more and more so uh yeah always 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 learning about baseball whenever we do in one of these podcasts and i hope the 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 listeners are too to but, wrap it up yeah um i just have minor sports news um we obviously Covered a lot of the big news. Oh, my throat is gonna go again. Jesus Christ, not <laughs> again. Um, the, the National Lacrosse League had its like off season recently. Like we we shit on the CFL for marketing. NLL, what are you doing, guys? Oh God, like it's no, terrible. Nobody, like I don't know how many people actually knew. Like I feel like Saskatchewan has a great fan base. For the rush, I mean, it's obviously trailed off a bit recently just because the rush were really, really bad this past year yeah. and like the year before. But when they were winning, I mean, they were winning, and then we had great fan support. I mean, they won, like, two titles here in Saskatchewan and then one in Edmonton the year before they came here. So, um, yeah, like, the the rush's captain, Chris Corbeil, is going to, like, Toronto, like, 
I I guarantee you, there's probably like five people that actually know that. Like it's honestly like I'm not a huge fan of of lacrosse. I'm just not a big fan of the of the game. It's I never know when to cheer. I never know what's happening. I can never see the ball. At least with hockey, the puck's black, and the 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 ice is white, so you can kind of keep a long track. But lacrosse just isn't really for me. And I think, but I think of a fair amount of that is I've just never been exposed to it. Like the first time I really got exposed to it is when the rush came here, and you know they won and they were the talk of the town. And now for the past couple of years, it's like crickets. It's like the rattlers are getting more yeah. are getting more 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 press than the rush. So. I mean, like, like I was trying NLL, to f- take it, take it, take and take notes from the CBL and like on marketing. The, and for like the NLL is like skyrocketed though. They got to deal with TSN, which is huge for them. I mean, the, like that deal is huge. And the, so that's a B like, uh, they're, they're expanding, like their expansion, like skyrocketed. They added, I don't even God knows how many teams they added since the first year the rush were here. So they got all these new markets. They got all these TV deals, but there's like I was trying to look at like the Russia's moves. I couldn't find anything, like about like a free agency tracker. And really? Like, yeah. Like I don't know if I was looking that hard, but like I like it shouldn't be that hard. It to shouldn't find be it. that hard. You should be able to see yeah. NLL free agency tracker. Yeah. Like, Even the CFL has that. I know. Like so, come on. So like that like for a league that's taking off so much. You, you would expect it to have just, like, basic, fu- like, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on the NLL. And, like, I'm I'm a fan of the Rush. Uh, I had season tickets for the first two years. And, like, I was at that champi- championship games. And the, yep. those games were electric. Like, the, the atmosphere was probably the best atmosphere I've been in for, like, a sports game, I want to say. Um, yeah, so I hope the, hope the Rush succeed this year. Um, Jimmy Quinlan is going to be the head coach, uh, first guy to have his number retired by the rush. So hopefully he leads them to the, is he number 88? I don't know. I just, I, I cause I, I can always just remember seeing like one rush banner up, yeah. up, up in the Sastel center. And I feel like it's 80. I don't know. It's just a side it thing. Could be. But, uh, anyways, hopefully he leads them back. And then, uh, quickly Saturday night, UFC Paris touched on it last week. Stoked for this card. Um, by the time this episode comes out, I mean, what what day is it today? Tuesday. Um, ho- hopefully, it's out before Saturday. Or, I would really hope so. I would hope so, but you never know with us. You, so. never, you, you, you two never know with us. <laughs> like That's this, true. This could be out next Tuesday. It absolutely could, and like we could just forget about it for a few days. Be like, oh shit, we have an episode to post. Yeah, um, we'll improve, guys. Don't <laughs> we worry. Will. We've been lacking on the scheduling, like we mentioned, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so hyped for this card. First USC card in Paris. Tied to Ivasa versus Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon, obviously the Frenchman, headlining in Paris. Exciting. Tied to Ivasa. Fan favorite. Got Both guys are fan favorite. And then we got Rob Whitaker versus the Italian Dream. Marvin Vittari. Barn burner in the middleweight division. I mean, like this could honestly like be a pay-per-view event if they had like a title fight on there. So for it to be for free. And then I found out today from a uh, friend of the show, Aaron Bronstetter on Twitter, it's not it's not going to be on TSN. It's like, uh, it gets me upset. Like these like big time European events like UFC London, UFC Paris, um, 
the T- TSN doesn't have the rights, and it's not. It's not obviously. It's not Aaron Bronstetter's fault. It's obviously they just don't have the rights. Um, so it's unfortunate. I mean, TSN's got five channels, and you know you got darts or like cricket or like something on three of them, and it's no, like I know. you can't have like. Oh, I know. It's yeah. The, the, the TSN 5 channels is kind of a scam. Yeah. Because you only really get, like, two, three, maybe four different things to watch. I know. It'd be great if they had, like, CFL on one, NFL on two, three could be hockey. Four, like, it should, like, if there's five events going on, they should have five. Ah, uh, pissing me off how that works. But <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to complain. And then, obviously, the two Canadians on the card, Charles Jourdain. I'm, I'm not sure how many times he's fought this year, but it's only, like, August, basically. And it feels like he's, like, fighting, like, every month, which is electric to see. And then uh, John McDessey, the bull, is making his return after a bit of time off. Uh, one of the OG, OGs of uh, Canadian MMA. Um, they're both on the main card, obviously. Charles Jourdain, 26-year-old. Probably Canada's best chance of uh, getting into like the top ten, top five ish of a division. Guy's a stud. Uh, he's got he's got a tough competition. He's the favorite. Uh, Nathaniel Wood, the prospect. He he was a really hyped up guy. Kind of faltered, but then moved up a weight class and looked good in his last fight. So it'll be a fun electric fight. Obviously, I'm hoping my guy Air Jordan gets the dub. But uh, you know. Exciting, exciting card. UFC heading to Paris. I mean, you got to love it. Expanding, and uh, it'll be fun. But uh, I think that wraps up not only this episode, but season four as a whole. I mean, thank you guys again for listening. The The amount of views we've been getting is, uh, you know, we love to see it. Um, you see our YouTube, and then you see what we are getting on other platforms. I mean, you love to see it. Great for their organization. Absolutely phenomenal for the organization. Yeah. So, yeah, we we want to thank you guys for for sticking by us with uh with season four. You know, it's pretty short. Uh, season five is probably going to be a bit longer. Uh, because we'll be able to get into the stride of school and all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, we're 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 just getting started here. So, thanks so much for listening to episode thirty three, season four finale. Please stay tuned for season five. Thank you. And if she leaves him, I bet she gon' miss me Bonnie and Clyde, we pushing on like there's an eagle Family we fly, killing the lanes, nigga we leash Wear it like a Congo, beat it all like a bongo I'm addicted to a leg, I'm addicted to a tonsil